Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Katie Macris, who coaches pregnant and postpartum triathletes and endurance athletes and has a fundraising event and development operations consulting business and who jokes that she works with the logistics of people for fundraisers and the logistics of things and people for the events. I love that. It's all down to the people. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here today. It's a pleasure to have you here. So can you expand a bit more on you know, where are you today with your with your businesses and who is it that you love to work with? Sure. So I, I work with, um, with my first business, which I started back in 2016. It's called T1 Strategies. I'll give the little background. This all comes back to triathlon, which is one of my hobbies. Uh, T1 and triathlon, for anyone who doesn't know, is your first transition. It's from swim to bike. It's often messy for a lot of people. Um, I feel like this story of where I got this name kind of goes into what a lot of what I do for both of my businesses. But T1 is always, you know, getting out of the water and standing up, making sure you have everything to get on the bike. It's the harder transition. It tends to be a little longer. Yeah. So my goal originally in starting this event business, it was it was event focused. And, you know, we all have great ideas at first. They all evolve. My idea was to stop the revolving door of event donors. So I wanted to step in. I noticed there were always people who needed event consultants or event help. Um, Event people would quit. And all of a sudden, you know, they're two months out from this gala and they have nothing. Everything's half done and they're in a panic. So I come in and you're panic, your first transition. Um, And I guide you through that transition. I get you going on your bike. This was my whole, you know, idea here. And then I help guide you through the rest of your race to your finish line. The original idea for that business was that I would get people, uh, I would do their event and help stop the revolving door of event donors by taking their event um, guest list and then helping them figure out what to do with it. So there's a huge problem in the nonprofit industry, which by the way, is I work solely with nonprofits on this. Um, where you have this big gala and 600 people come and then you're exhausted at the end of it and then nothing happens with the people like you know your board members you know your big sponsors that came but you don't know who was sitting at every table uh, maybe someone bid you know 15 grand on a silent auction item and you never talk to them again so there's this huge gap in nonprofits that i saw all the time so I also started a research component where i would take those event donors and then research them and help the nonprofit create a plan to keep those donors sustaining. Mm. That was the idea of the business. It sort of started to get choppy. I found no one really wanted to go in for the whole thing. 
So it now I basically have a, an event component and a research component. They sometimes mesh, sometimes they don't, but I tend to do either um, event planning in multiple different uh, scopes. I can do everything from beginning to end. Sometimes I only do day of. There's other consultants that I'm very lucky, lucky to work with locally uh, that I can, they'll, they'll hire me to come in and kind of run their event for the day. Yeah. Well, one point there I that do... you just mentioned that yeah, you offer this all and not many people like wanted the whole thing. What, right. What was the barrier? What was the block? What stopped them from taking the whole, the entirety that you're like, oh my gosh, this is really going to help you. Like, ah, we don't. What, what was that? What's, what stopped them? I think the barrier is the barrier that nonprofits have in general, where they see their events as a separate thing. Um, sometimes their event people tend to fall under development. They often don't want to spend a lot of money on it. They'll hire a more junior person and they don't think about the event as a holistic piece of their whole fundraising plan for the year. Um, so that's, a, it's still a huge miss and I try to push it, but I've sort of noticed that if people don't really want that whole thing, I do the event for them. And then I do research for other people. Um, in some cases, I do a little bit of both. It just depends on the client. But the roadblock has always, I think, been the same where it, I have trouble selling the idea because people don't want to subscribe to that idea. They're like, no, we just need the event help. Then we want you to go away until we have the event again. Ooh, um, I want to pause there because this this <laughs> yeah. creation, this way of presenting it, there's, there's often times there's, there's two elements to this. There's what we believe as the offer creator and as what the audience really says. So it was there maybe a bit of this is a game changer, but you couldn't find the right way to eloquently paint the picture. They couldn't see the full value. Yes. Rather than, or were they too closed off? So it's trying to sort of find that sort of that that landscape of what what was it? So did you take the the route which was maybe the easy route, which is like, okay, look, this isn't working. Whether it's my mm -hmm. fault or their fault, it ain't working. What can I do to bypass this? value the entirety and give them the only things that they want i'm not saying one's way is right or one is wrong it's interesting to see what what was it for you that made that decision i yeah i found that it was hard to get people to kind of subscribe to the second piece of that only a few of them did and then it just so happened that i had a lot of people naturally asking me for larger research projects and again, it's it's donor research. So helping people figure out with their existing donor uh, donor base who they should focus more on, who they should focus less on, doing wealth screenings on people, and then yeah. also helping them if they're like, we don't have any corporate giving program and who do we even go to? I can help them find corporations, foundations, or individuals to go to for money within their affinity. Yeah. So I started getting a lot more requests for just research. And then that built up enough that I found I didn't have to try very hard to sell a whole package because I ended up with two kind of subsets of clients. And it's interesting when people ask me, a lot of development consultants do, you know, kind of strategic development assessments, planning, uh, capital campaigns and things like that, where I have this odd little mix. Again, like both of my businesses are very niche. So I have this odd mix of things and people always ask me, well, how do, how do those things, like, how did you end up doing those two very separate things? And I always tell them they're not actually separate. It's just that no one, no one wants to, to buy them together. So uh, yeah. it's in some cases I can still provide that value. Or uh, if somebody signs up for an event, I think they're interesting. Sometimes I'll just research it and be like, hey, this person just bought a ticket to your event and they're 
awesome. So I, I'm, I'm still able to intertwine them both a little bit, but I'm actually happy with how it's turned out. Mm. I think that that concept there is it's quite interesting to because I think as as business owners uh, we were joking offline before we came on about the the you're the inventor you're the creator there's some beautiful yes. sort of in that and we can get so huh, I say we because I've fallen into this thing this thing before the entirety of what we do oh my gosh it is the pinnacle this is what you need this is amazing and then was like it's too big it's it's, yeah. it's too so to break it down like like a like a um a uniform like your clothes it's like yeah you can buy the shoes the trousers the shirt the hat oh my gosh the jacket everything the gloves stuff everything it's like, hold on you just want shoes don't you or you don't see the yeah. reason why everything should be waterproofed so let's just start with your shoes and then boom you, your messaging refines down what it is that you mm -hmm. do refines down things become easier for you and you can start to build from that so maybe sometimes trying to do everything the whole big picture, even if we think it is, this is exactly what you need, mm -hmm. but it's not what they want in this moment. Yes. Yeah. And I, I see a lot of this. I am a fan of Shark Tank and I see a lot of it on Shark Tank where someone comes in with this concept. It's usually a thing and they're so excited about it and they want to talk about it. And then they just get brought down a couple pegs right away by someone. One of the sharks will yeah. say, yeah, your idea is great, but why do I need this piece of it? Or your idea is fantastic. This is really cool. It's high quality, but who's actually buying that? And all of a sudden the business owner stops and sometimes they can't even answer the question because they're so focused on their thing and yeah. why their thing was so exciting to them. And, and it's, I think it's good for them sometimes to get that perspective where somebody says, this is great, but it's, it could be better if it was less, or it could be better if it was different. So yeah. I try to open myself to that, uh, you know, a little bit on just from hearing from clients and what I find that I'm getting more and less of. And it can be a minefield to, to be doing this work on your own workout. Okay. Is it the offer? Is it the product? Is it the way I'm coming across? What's the real challenge? Is it what I'm offering? Who I'm offering it to? All these variables and whatever, you know, coach, guru, program, podcast you listen to will yeah. say it's your avatar or it's your offer or whatever it might be it's like they all they all play a part in this so it's finding what's what's right for you so did you feel a, a shift in yourself personally once you changed the offer once you broke this down what, what yeah i i actually went straight to my website edited some stuff out that i said i did i revised <laughs> delete, my delete delete concept yeah it changed my linkedin and i was just said to myself okay this is what i'm doing now and it was it was a nice relief and i find that i'm actually able to say no to things that are out of my scope or out of out of range for what i actually want to be doing i think anybody any business owner who can say no to people feels like they're in a good position so not just saying no for capacity, but no, that's not actually what I do. Maybe five years ago, it's what I wanted to do, but I, I no longer do that. Here's someone who does. Uh, so yeah. I, yeah. I want to I, I know those voices. What, well, I'm, I'm projecting here, so I'm, I'm guessing. What voice, if there were any, almost stopped you as you were culling and just removed this? Was there anything, any residue, any voice that was like, are you sure? What were they saying? Not not really. No, I, no. I think, I think I started out too with too big of a concept and just needed to edit it down and chop it up a little bit yeah. so that people could, could, you know, get those pieces of it. 
So for you, it was, it was freeing. It was, it was like, ah, the weight has been lifted and maybe you have some clarity and therefore other people, I mean, we can use the analogy of a marketing agency doing SEO and website design and emails um, and funnels and all this stuff, which is great, Mm -hmm. but cool. You rather than, um, or crumbs, uh, uh, when we go driving around and you see these vans saying for all your plumbing needs, plumbing, if you say, for your leaky toilet that's leaking all over the house. I have a leaky toilet. I need that. Yes, yes. There's something so beautiful about being so specific. And the fear we find time and time again is, but I'm then going to remove my clientele. I'll make it harder for myself. But to talk so eloquently with focus, you reveal mm-hmm. that yourself. It's like, it was freeing. I love that. Well, and this actually lends nicely into my other business, which I started in January of 2020, which was the worst possible time to start anything. <laughs> Thankfully, it's mostly an online um, thing, but the my other business is extremely specialized and I knew there was a market for it because I was the market. Uh, again, if there's nothing, if you can't find the thing, then make it yourself. I got pregnant with my first child in 2017 and I was a triathlete and I'm like, what do I do? what am I supposed to do? And my doctor was actually pretty progressive. They had some, some good guidance, but I found that there was nobody out there. There were people coaching pregnant CrossFitters. There were personal trainers that knew how to coach pregnant women. There was nobody out there that was coaching pregnant and postpartum triathletes specifically or runners. There were very Mm -hmm. few little things. So that's what I started my second business. I said, you know what, I'm going to get certified in a couple things. I think people over certify in so many different fields. I'm going to get certified in just enough that I really feel like I have this knowledge. I've now had a child myself, but I want the true background. I found someone who did that sort of, who was doing that certification. And I've now become a part of her certification program as well, because I'm such a little, uh, little niche here, but I knew that that one would eventually catch once people found out I was out there and that, and it has worked. Um, but I coach pregnant and postpartum triathletes, runners, cyclists, um, very specialized. So, and, and I do coach people if they're trying to conceive, if you are on your journey of motherhood, which after you become a mother, it lasts forever. I will take you on. But if, um, you know, I don't coach if a, somebody was like, will you coach my husband too? No, I don't, I don't do men. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> um, oh, but, well. but yeah, any, any woman in their motherhood journey of any yeah. state, I will coach through. Um, so that was my super specialized thing where I started it specialized. And I said, I'm going to do this one narrow thing and people are going to want it. And it turns out that I was right. <laughs> and it turns out that you're right. There's something yes. beautiful about this. When you see this whole, it's like, it's one of two things. Either someone's tried it and nobody wants it or, oh, you just found a little unicorn there. And yes. it sounds like that you, that you did. Cause like, I've lived and breathed it. I am that person. Um, would I have sought help during that time? Now, that's a good question to ask, to, to qualify. Okay, is it is it just me? Is it my, what I think? Again, back to the, the original point of what, what yeah. do we think people, what do they what do they actually want or what do they need? Because of two different things. Yes. Nice. Yeah. All right. So that's how I, that's how I built the other one. So now I've got two, <laughs> which, what? which, weight differently depending on the season and i'm at a point where uh there you know there's there's sort of a capacity with both of them one of them's been rolling for years i get more than i can take on 
the other one I'm still trying to build, but mm -hmm. you know, at this point where I need to figure out how to scale both of them, I don't want to drop either one. I have people encouraging me to go into full-time coaching, but a, it's, I, I do, I just, to be frank, I make more money in the nonprofit consulting. So that it's, it's hard to, it's hard to ditch something like that. It's the same thing with any entrepreneur who has to quit their full-time business to do their, you know, do their startup. So I kind of, kind of have two startups in two different states here and I'm always trying to figure out the best way to juggle them and trying to make sure I give them both the same amount of attention. So that's where I am with, with both of my little unicorns. <laughs> Yeah. And lovingly, if you don't mind that, that what you just said there, how to give them both the same amount of attention. There is a false belief. There is maybe yeah. a, a crux that it comes from a good place. It's like, hold on. Is that necessarily true? Is that serving you? And that was a great question to sort of hold in on. So and it's just, yeah. it was just interesting. You said that. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that. Where, where could that not be aligning because we, you've spoken about how you've grown your business and the challenges that you had and where you've come to and it was beautiful to sort of pick that apart I think that was, that was gold there was so much mm -hmm. amazingness in that so let's just go okay let's cut the middle bit let's let's fast forward to today yeah because now you've said now it's you're, you're growing now it's what's the next so where where is the biggest challenge for you right now as you as you go to that next level because business is all about it's all about mini and massive transitions there's always mm -hmm. a transition so so what's it like for you and where what are you butting up against so I feel like back to giving everything the same amount of attention I feel like my life is a game of whack-a-mole where I I fix one problem and the other one pops up I was just at the beach at the amusement park and was thinking about this that so whack-a-mole is is like so many things in life where you, you can't hit all the moles at once, right? There's always one popping up that you have to fix. And between my two kids and now that we can socialize again, which is great, trying to, trying to do more of that and hang out with my husband and, um, and then also manage both of those businesses. It's, you can never give everything all of the same. I try really hard to bucket my time so that I, block off amounts of time where I work on one thing, where I do my client, answer my client emails for pursuit, which is the coaching business. And then times when, okay, I'm going to spend three hours in the morning doing my research. Then I'm going to spend an hour. I'm going to take a quick lunch, walk the dog. Then I'm going to spend an hour doing this. So I try really hard to bucket it just to make sure that I touch on everything every day. And then I, I personally have a pretty hard stop at daycare, camp, school, whichever they're in for the time pickup yeah. until they go to bed. So I do try to turn my work off completely between those hours. And I will say no to calls unless I'm in an event week and it's an emergency. I just don't take work on between those hours. Uh, I try really hard to focus on my kids. So I, I try to map out my day a little bit. It doesn't always work, but for the most part, I am able to separate the work and family buckets. And I find that that helps me come back more refreshed when I need, if I work again, after they go to bed, I have a better different perspective because I've taken a break, even if it was a hard break, <laughs> little yeah. kids are hard. Uh, it still helps. Yeah. Well, that, that's kind of, I'm, I want to, I'm going to hijack your analogy of the whack-a-mole. Yeah. I want to go down that rabbit hole. Cause I think there's some gold in here 
So yeah. being a business owner, it's like a game of whack-a-mole. It's like all these sort of fires that we're fighting. And I love that because I, I can feel it. And the first thing I went to was, okay, what's, what is that feeling that we get? So when you're whacking, are you, are you, are you calm? Are you dorsal? Have you got adrenaline? Are you revved up? What do you feel when you're playing whack-a-mole? Usually it's, it's the urge. It's the urgency to finish a task. So if I finish an event, I saying something no, like, so, okay, no, I just, back yeah. to whack-a-mole, forget your business. Yeah. Let's just talk about whack-a-mole right now. Oh, when it's, you're playing it. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, is it calm or is it energizing? It, yeah, no, it's energizing. I think it's exciting. Uh, you want to win. I mean, whoever's playing next to you, you can't let them win. Like you have to whack the things down faster than they do. Okay. So yeah. with your, you want to spend, again, we're going to hijack a few things here, uh, to have the, the right, same amount of time for each business. So, okay, uh -huh. you're at a fair, you're playing whack-a-mole. What you also want to do is spend the same amount of time on the tightrope, on the balancing act. So you're going to jump from whack-a-mole to balance. About to whack a mole mm -hmm. and to balance. Is there going to be a slight misalignment, or is it possible that you're not going to be able to balance as well because of the adrenaline, because of the, the chemicals, because of the energy that you have? I think you can get going at a point where you're balanced, but you can't have a threat to the plan. So if you're going, if you have a good plan for both and you're moving and everything's going as normal, you can balance both of those things. Okay. In life, great, where great, something great gets thrown off, yeah. Or oh, then the that, snow cone, that. the snow cone guy comes by to the fair, and all of a sudden oh. you have a third a third thing, and then your plan, <clears throat> your plan gets screwed up. That's what I find happens all the time. Life gets in the way. You know, okay. schedules change. So whatever. We've now added in the ice cream man in the fair. Mm -hmm. So you just told me, oh yeah, it is possible. I need things in the way, but yes, yes, Mark, I can go from whack a mole to balancing, then back to whack a mole and balancing. Right. It's like, yes, Mark, it is possible. Like, okay, cool. Love that. But nothing can stop. Nothing can get in the way. <laughs> but, but, okay, so uh, uh, it's, it's possible, but it doesn't have the, the buffer for things getting in the way. Okay. Yes. So that's beautiful. Back to the whack-a-mole. What, what would it be like if you're like, okay, I've got my team here. There are, there are seven holes there are seven mallets and there are seven people. And you're like, cool, guys, you've got this. First of all, would that be easier? One person on one hole? Yes, definitely. Probably. And then if you're like, cool, you've got this, great. I'm going to go and focus on my balancing. <laughs> would you be better at balancing than jumping between, between the two? Yes. Huh. I think so. I derive more joy in doing both. <laughs> I like the challenge. Okay. But, but I would be better if I could focus. Yeah. So this is, yeah. again, we're just, we're, just, we're just playing this. And then, yes, I know I'm engineering this. You know where I'm going with this. We, we can all <laughs> see this. But it's, it's fun to be like, but you want more joy. Okay, if that's the yeah. purpose, more joy, fucking yes, have both, absolutely. But if we can turn this analogy back into business, and I've not done this analogy, so I'm live processing it thinking, I'm going to use this on my next coaching call with our clients. This game of whack-a-mole, bringing in more mallets, there's something so playful. Mm -hmm. obvious about this and having that one person behold how can you just, just even just two mallets you've made it so <clears throat> you, you get that half i get yeah. this half are we going to beat the person next to us well we should do and there's there's all this this way of doing it but that giving up control letting someone else do it and when it's as you said it's i love 
let's transition back in. You love whack-a-mole. You love the balancing. You love both businesses. You love all the jobs that go into it. Mm-hmm. So that's where I, I get to lovingly, when we coach people, it's, okay, forget what you should do. Here's what you should do. Fuck that. What right. do you want to do? What What is your goal? And if it is to experience more and juggle all the things, then, and you're getting fulfillment and satisfaction and results, like, yes. But if your goal is to have a bigger impact, to reach more people, to be able to actually increase your time with your kids as well as this, mm-hmm. is that is that balance of, but I love this, but I want that. That there is such an internal thing there of ah, oh, there are some questions. There is there's there is so much that goes into that. Oh, sorry, that's a lot of words from me. Is, this, okay. is, this, is this fun to sort of talk through? And, and yes, yeah, definitely. I I I was working with uh, with someone who does specific endurance business specific coaching. Yeah, who has always encouraged me so much to grow pursuit, which I again would love to do. And that is one that I, there's so much more that I can do for that one that I personally can be involved in. I could, I could get myself on, you know, I could start a podcast for pregnant postpartum athletes. I'm sure people would listen. Um, but that's a whole, it's a whole thing to take on, as you know, that, that requires, okay, I'm going to do this. And then you have to invest in it. Once you start something, you have to invest. Otherwise it's just, you know, I don't want to let something like that go. Then if I, uh, but the other business in order to grow that one, I do need, I would need to probably hire someone a little more regularly. So I, I use subcontractors from time to time, Yeah. but I like to pay them well. So I ha- hit this juggling point where if I, it, it's, yeah, if you have to spend money to get money, I could layer in more events per year, but then I would have to hire someone to do probably some specific pieces of those events so that I could do both things. My goal ultimately in this is to get the businesses in sort of a 60-40 balance, to have the nonprofit consulting be about 60% and the coaching be 40. But in the interim, you know, to be honest, you take the you tend to take the thing that's going to give you the most money. So if I get an opportunity to take on a larger nonprofit contract, I'm going to take that. But then I might have to punt taking on another client for like two or three months in pursuit because I won't be able to devote time to them. I might close my roster for a few months. And then open it once something eases out. So the ultimate goal is to really have them a little bit, a little bit more even split. But the you know the revenue has to make sense there too. Yeah. So it's finding about what's what do you want? What's stopping you? What's in the way? And with in transitions, oh, we find time and time again. And I'm like, I know because we've experienced it. It's how to bring in the help, where to bring in the help. Um, sometimes we we try and do the wrong thing, bring in the wrong place. You've already yes. said, I like to give people and I like to pay them well. And that's beautiful. It's also adding in a boundary for you. So yes, you want to pay them well. And we should pay everyone well, pay them their worth. But mm-hmm. where are the imagining barriers coming in? What what are those things holding us back? Because there's a route through to it. It's just yeah. in this transition, oh my God, it's tough. And I want to just I want to go full circle in this episode because it, what you opened with was so beautiful. T1, it's the first transition it's it's oftentimes it's messy and there is panic that's exactly what entrepreneurs go through with yes. hiring with leveling up it's it's that that first real transition away from solopreneur to ceo it's mm-hmm. messy there's systems and processes there's training there's all these things that we don't know which is why it's scary and we panic and we don't do it and we justify why it's okay 
when on the other side of that can be something beautiful and for other people it might not be hiring it might be something different but yeah I just love that the similarity between it yeah and I think the hiring I so I've had some for the most part my hires have been people that I know or people that I know from someone else they've all tended to be pretty great I have been burned by people I've hired to subcontract before. So I, I try really hard. I think I have a pretty good spidey sense about people, but you take a risk. Anytime you bring someone in and you let them know your practices, you, you open yourself up to, to multiple risks that they might not do the best job, that they might take your client, that they might take your systems and start a similar thing. So, you know, you have, there's an element of trust there. Um, that you definitely have to an element of trust and an element of giving up control, which I think as entrepreneurs is particularly hard for all of us to do. It's just to say, I know you've got this, take it. And there's, there's someone I work with at events that I absolutely, I love her because when I bring her into an event, I know she will actually, she will make it better. She will Mm -hmm. come in. I will tell her the process. She will tell me how she's changed it and made it better and it will work better. And that's why we, I love working with with her um, and others who who are similar like that because I know that they, I can trust them and they're going to make it better. They're going to enhance it. Yeah, I, I love that and that allows. But those are hard to find. <laughs> yeah, allowing that and, and actually receiving that 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 can be a, a hurdle. And you said about the trust. It's two ways. Do we look at the threat or the opportunity? Because everything, mm-hmm. if you want to see the threat, oh my gosh, you will find it. It's if the only the thing you'll see. <laughs> Yes. And, and why? Because yeah. that's human nature. We're built in to keep ourselves small, keep ourselves safe so we don't die. The things don't burn. That's what it's all about. So as entrepreneur, we're actually going against our, our natural system, the natural laws, which is why it can be so exciting, so panic inducing, so yes. frustrating. It's an all, all of the things. Hey, look, Katie, thank you so much for, for being here and sharing not only your business and how you help people, but behind the scenes. It's been amazing hearing you. Um, thank you for the whack-a-mole analogy. It's amazing. Yes. That's perfect. <laughs> this was such a fun conversation. I'm really grateful to be here. So thank you. You're so, so welcome. And look, if people want to find out more about, about you and the work mm-hmm. that you do, where can they find you? So I have an Instagram account for my pursuit business, the nonprofit one. I found a lot of nonprofit consultants don't tend to have them because there's not as much in that platform to post. Uh, I may be wrong. I'd invite someone to share their profiles with me if they do. But anyway, my nonprofit consulting business is just my website. It's t1strategiesdc.com. And then my pursuit coaching business is underscore pursuit underscore endurance. So that was that's where you can find me. And that website is also pursuitenduranceDC.com, but you're going to find more on my Instagram for that one. Awesome stuff. Well, everyone go and check it out. If you're curious or like, hell yes, this sounds amazing. And Katie, again, thanks for being here. Thank you for playing along. It's been, it's been so much fun. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. 
will be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.